0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Welcome to episode two of Stoppish Time, of IDMLS UK show. I'm Henry Hewitt, and joining me, as always, is. Elliot Holman, episode two, let's do it. Thanks for all the response for episode one, by the way. Um, Really humbling to hear that people are are actually thinking that this is a good idea. Even the name got some praise as well.
0: (laughs) Which we take no credit for whatsoever.
1: No, Austin Coyle,
0: shout out to you.
1: Uh, Right, if you're new to MLS UK show Stoppage Time, basically we're choosing four topics from the MLS this week and talking about them as we head into the new season. But first, Elliot, this isn't one of the topics we're going to be talking about, but I need to bring it up. Elliot, do you remember this?
0: I'm secretly quite glad you're not getting any more use out of the Diego Valeri t-shirt, I'll be honest. Um, obviously, it came came into my life at a time when uh, Portland Timbers had broken my heart. And I'll I'll be sad to see him go, but not the t-shirt. Yeah, uh, for those who don't remember,
1: MLS's back tournament when somehow Orlando got to the final of that. I think it was because they were <laughs> playing in their their own zip code. Uh, and they played Portland naturally as an Atlanta fan. And just so Elliot wouldn't throw it in the face, I uh, wanted anything but an Orlando win. So I thought I'd uh, I'd get a t-shirt with Valeri's face on it. Um, I mean, I did spend £10 on it. So I guess I got one use out of it on that episode. This is the second use out of it. But uh, sadly for us all in MLS, Valeri's now gone. So that can disappear.
0: You should frame that next to that Ida Good Johnson t-shirt. Get that up there.
1: Oh, I mean, the Good Johnson t-shirt, the Bolton Good Johnson t-shirt will uh, will never, that'll never go. But uh, we're not talking about Good Johnson, never played in MLS. Uh, but quickly, Valeri, I mean, how much of an impact has he made in Portland? How much of a miss will he be? He's
0: one of those players that is MLS to me, uh, and I'm sure he is to you as well, having got into it in the last sort of five, six, seven years. Diego Valeri has been been ever present. Of course, you know the danger that he poses to to any team in the attacking third a real, real legend. I love this tradition that South America's got of, of players going back to their um, home teams, if you like. So completely understand the move. Obviously, as he's getting older, MLS is getting better as well. Let's not forget, we talked about that last week. MLS is in, in its prime right now. And so it makes sense. The deal makes sense for everybody, but it doesn't mean it's not sad.
1: It's a shame. It's like that, you know, it's like when you get a bit older and you've got to... Your favorite teddy bear or your favorite blanket has got to go because you're getting a bit too old now. I can't relate to that. I still have mine. So so moving on then, stoppage time is all about four subjects we'll choose within MLS and uh, we're going to talk about them right now. Number one is Ariola has signed for FC Dallas. FC Dallas using that peppy money and doing bits, Elliot. I mean, what a signing this could be.
0: Yeah, completely understand the move from uh, from Dallas's point of view. Interesting that they've chosen to go against their uh, the model that they've been praised for in terms of bringing youth, promoting youth. Um, it's a lot of in-house money, we'll call it, because um, it's not real money. Uh, a lot of garbage bucks to spend uh, on a, on a player that's not as young as the ones that they've been producing they could have invested a lot more in their academy i like the move though i like that i like what they've done i like that they've done this it's always interesting for me when you've been when you've grown up and you've watched the english leagues and the european leagues seeing players like ariola move from one team to another within the same league it's always a little bit strange because who knows who the better team is next year if it's dallas or if it's dc no, nobody does and so it's It always seems a strange one when these big moves happen. It's not like moving from Watford to Chelsea. So I think in terms of that, we'll have to wait and see. But Dallas, again, a great player. Have DC done the right thing by letting him go?
1: Well, this is the question, and uh, we're going to talk about another DC player who might be leaving uh, later on in the show. But I mean, in terms of Paul Arioli, I think you're right. He's, he's like in the Premier League, we would see, say, a player going from Watford to Everton. And you think, okay, maybe in the league they're quite close together, but Everton are a bigger club. I mean, in, in terms of MLS, especially the last four or five years, you could argue that DC are the better club. DC have the, the, the sort of uh, better chance of getting quite far in the playoffs. But FC Dallas, they're really reinvesting. I mean, I have noticed with this deal, we have stuck a 30% sell-on class on there uh, for DC. So obviously we're, he's only 26. So maybe there's that option of air thinking when in the future he could go over to Europe. Uh, but uh, 2 million GAM, like you said, it is Garber bucks. It's not real money, but it's a lot of money for uh, an in-house MLS trade. Uh, how do you rate Dallas then next season? I'm sure there's one or two moves they've still got to do, but this is a good sign for them, isn't it?
0: Yeah, of course. Peppieless, um, which is which is a huge loss, but for me. They they're not going to have a huge hole in their roster when you bring in the the, the quality that um, Ariola brings. So Dallas, for me, need a big season. Need to be much better. It's okay having players like Pepe, and and what he produced was great. They would have been a lot lot in a lot more trouble uh, without him. However, they need to be better and. One player is not going to do that for you. Um, we've seen it numerous times. You rely on the likes of Chicharito. Injuries happen. Um, they have happened to Ariola in the past. So they'll need to have more than just him in that roster on game week one. And for me, there's still work to do.
1: Yeah, well, FC Dallas said on their Twitter account as they announced the signing that they are not messing about, and it does seem that way. Uh, right, moving on to number two then, and it's a similar sort of trade, really. So, Casper Shabilko has left Philadelphia Union to go to Chicago Fire. I mean, Philadelphia have done extremely well; Shabilko's done well. I saw one or two Philadelphia fans not as not as disappointed that he was leaving, but for Chicago, I mean, they needed a shot in the arm, and he's going to give
0: them that. Surely, this is a great signing. A team like Philadelphia, I'm I'm surprised that they've let Shabilko go. Um, from the post that he put on social media, it seems that it was certainly in his plans to remain at Philadelphia Union. So the trade, as we've seen, players are not that in control of where they go when there's interest and there's money. Trades happen. Fair play to Chicago. It's a huge signing. It's really, really impressive. And he's going to get them goals. He's, he's guaranteed to get them goals, and that's what they've been lacking.
1: Yeah, 35 in 83. Also got 14 assists. So you're getting just under 50 goal contributions there in 83 regular season games for Philadelphia. And I mean, this has been Chicago's problem for years now. They've. You know, they have had the odd player who's come in and be able to get them goals or assists. But in terms of, uh you know, stability, if they can get Shabilko in, I'm sure they've promised that they're going to build on it as well. They wouldn't have just said, oh, we're having you in and then it's going to be exactly the same as what it's been. If they can get one or two more players in, I mean, could we see, could we
0: finally see Chicago getting in the playoffs? Well, you'd have to argue that they need to get a couple more players in for him to hit those numbers in terms of goal contributions because, of course, the t- the players around him at, at Philadelphia Union uh, are a lot stronger than, than the roster he would go into at Chicago, say, last season. So there's still work to be done there as well as there is in, in Dallas. And I'm sure every team is working really hard on their roster. We know there's restrictions. We talked about this in episode one. If you missed it, stoppage time episode one, we were talking about how They need to look at the restrictions in MLS in terms of budget so that we can stop these players leaving to go to Europe. And for me, it's about fitting these players in. If you can get Kasper Shabilko and he doesn't take up too much space on your roster in terms of uh, slots, DP slots, um, uh, uh, wage budget, then it leaves you more options to bring players in around him. And that's what remains to be seen with Chicago.
1: Yeah, well, we spoke about it last week. And here's the mention this week. It's MLS experience. That is what everyone needs. Uh, it's proven you can't go into a, a, a season. All the successful teams have got that MLS experience that's there. Someone who's been there and done it. Shabilko, Supporters Shield winner at Philadelphia. It was the top goal scorer in the Champions League as well last year. Do I think Chicago will be bothering the Champions League anytime soon? No, I don't. But he has proven that he's done it against the best in uh north america so a uh, great signing for chicago uh, right moving on to number three then and it's charlotte um i mean they've made the first dp signing uh carol uh, swiderski as i'm going to pronounce it probably wrong but uh, hey you're used to that with me by now um polish international they've signed in from greek side paok um I mean he's he's similar to Shabilko actually, very similar. He scored 35 goals and 14 assists uh his time at PAOK. That was in 135 matches though, so a lot less uh than uh Shabilko. Also plays for Poland, he's played in the World Cup qualifiers and the Euros last time. Um I mean you you kind of you you're throwing custard at the wall with this one, aren't you? You don't know if it's gonna stick. What do you think of his signing? Is this the way Chicago, sorry, Charlotte are going to go? Or are we going to see um, different kind of DPs coming in? Because they've got some spots to fill.
0: Yeah, they've still got spots to fill. Um, what's interesting about this Charlotte roster is, here it comes, MLS experience. We talked about it with Austin and we talked about it with FC Cincinnati, who got it horribly wrong in hindsight. One thing, when you look at the Charlotte roster that jumps out to me, and this is an opinions game, uh, so I'll, I'll throw this to you as well. When you look through that Charlotte roster, there is MLS experience, but it's not the, none of the players were in the top two or three in their, in their previous MLS clubs. So I'm looking at Harrison Affle. I rate the guy, but you know, he's not absolutely killing Columbus by by leaving. Same with Bronico. Um, obviously, Christian Fuchs, somebody we know uh, very very well. There's uh, uh, Mora. Um, there's so many players. Anton walks. The players we know, but they're not even necessarily real proven. MLS starters and so they've got work to do in terms of whether they're going to break through into this roster or whether they're just going to be backups
1: yeah well um, I mean that's a good point because if you look at previous expansion teams you've got Austin they had Alex Ring coming you had Nashville they had Walker Zinneman so you know we've got um We've got these players that have come into expansion sides or coming in 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 the second year of an expansion side and they have got MLS experience. They've shown it, they've proven it, they've done it before. Okay, you could argue that Alex Ring hasn't exactly set uh, Austin alike this year. I don't think many of the players did, but it's at least that experience when you put that up against one or two of the players that Charlotte have got, like Harrison Affle, Anton Walks. They have played in MLS, they've got that experience, but they've not set the world alight. So it's going to be interesting with Charlotte because they've got the big fan base behind them. That could be the 12th man. Uh, But at the moment, I'm a bit like you. I want to see more from this roster. I want to see more spaces added uh, that's going to push them up. Because at the moment, I'll be honest with you, if you ask me, are they going to come in like LAFC did or Atlanta did and make the playoffs, or are they going to be another Austin and into Miami I'm probably going to go for the latter at the moment
0: the only caveat with that is that when we see teams bringing in players from South America they're often young we don't know a lot about them there's every chance that they can burst onto the scene and be really successful but when you scroll through the roster currently there's no Alex Ring remember Dax McCarty as well at Nashville there's no real huge draw somebody you look at and go "All right, well they're going to wear the captain's armband and they're going to lead this team um, so, so I, I, agree with you on that one.
1: Tell us, do you agree with us? Or do you think Charlotte could surprise a few people this season? Get in touch at MLS UK show on Twitter and Instagram, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can comment below. Uh, don't forget to like subscribe as well. Uh, not only on YouTube, but your podcast provider. All right. right the fourth thing we're going to talk about today is... Some of the rumoured signings in and out of uh, MLS, the trades. Um, I'll tell you what, let's kick off with Matt Turner. This was actually, Taylor Schwellman tweeted about this. Uh, We actually just finished recording episode one of Stoppage Time annoyingly. uh, So we couldn't talk about it last week. Let's talk about it this week because uh, by all accounts, a few journalists are saying that this is done. He's going to come in as a uh, number two at Arsenal behind uh, Ramsdale. We, we always knew that Turner had uh, was going to sign in Europe. There's rumours have been there for a long time, but are you surprised by Arsenal or would you have thought it was, because I know he was linked with Southampton, for example, would you have thought it would have been a team where he could go in as number one or uh, is Arsenal a good fit for him? Are they a good team to go to?
0: Well, this is a guy who is playing for the national team of uh, a country That is developing huge, huge talent. So let's not get it twisted just because he's a goalkeeper. He deserves the move as much as anybody else. We've obviously seen uh, uh, a certain young American goalkeeper go to Manchester City in recent years, not had the game time. Personally, if I had to choose, and I'm sure Matt Turner did have a choice, I would have liked to have seen him gone to somewhere like Southampton where he's got a really good chance of, of being a starter there. The guy's got real talent. When you look back just three, four years when um, New England Revolution were having a real shocker uh, with uh, Brad at the helm, it wasn't going well. And they were rotating goalkeepers. He wasn't even standing out as uh, you know uh, their number one goalkeeper. The transformation that's gone on is, of course, credit to Bruce Arena. But this guy, so much talent. And I'm really looking forward to seeing... What happens because it looks like it's it looks like it's going to go through. Would have liked to have seen him go to a club where he's got more chance of displacing the number one choice. Ramsdale signed for big money and he's done extremely well, but Turner's still young. There's still a huge opportunity there. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, well, this is the thing with goalkeepers is you've, you, know, whatever age they are, um, if you compare that to the average life, well, career span, not lifespan, of a footballer um you can add a few years to it because goalkeepers can play into the 40s so uh, yeah for a goalkeeper he's very young i i, I do agree with you i think uh, i would have liked to have seen him gone in um uh, maybe to a, a lower premier league championship or even a, a different european league and, and been number one uh, it's gonna be very difficult at arsenal but as we have seen with zach stefan you know he's played a lot of games for manchester city he's, he's uh uh, Edison's number two, he plays the cup games. He's coming in the premier league and actually done quite well. I think they're looking at Turner as a sort of a similar, um, you know, in a similar role. However, you then get to a certain age and obviously Stefan is a few years ahead of Turner in terms of his time in the premier league. How long until Zach Stefan's thinking, well, I want to get first team football. I want to be playing more often. So you wonder, uh, the same with Turner. Um, We've seen in recent years with Arsenal that their goalkeeping position has been up for grabs. Ramsdale's done well, but he could easily be uh, two or three uh, sort of weeks, two or three errors away from being displaced anyway. So the op- opportunity is there. I have noticed as well, uh, Chris Smith, who's a friend of the show, he tweeted that um, Gabriel uh, Slonina as well, is a, his representatives are in England as we speak, hopefully getting a deal through. We don't know the, team, uh, the teams that are... Uh, that could be involved here. But that would mean the three US men's national team goalkeepers are all playing in England. It's an invasion like the 90s when Casey Keller and Brad Friedel were over here.
0: Yeah, uh, Slanina as well. I mean, I remember two, three years ago looking at him. They'd signed him onto the main roster and he wasn't even old enough for me to input him into the system that I was using. It wouldn't accept his date of birth because they were like, there's no way this guy can be a real person already playing in MLS because he was so young. Um that is that is an unbelievable story in itself if he's now going to move over to Europe so quickly. So excited to see what happens there. And we welcome them all. I think it's a, it's a, it's a fine line. We like seeing players in MLS. We like seeing real talent in MLS. But also when they come over here we can go and watch them play, so.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd have to at the moment I have to go with you to watch Norwich. I don't think any of them are going to be playing in a league low enough to play Bolton. But hey, you never know. They're going to be here for a few years, so you never know. Um, DeAndre Yedlin, this is the next rumour. He's um, reportedly about to sign for Inter Miami. He's left his contract with Galatasaray. Um, I mean, this would be a, a a big signing for Inter Miami,
0: a real marquee move for them, right? Absolutely. Um, guy's got pace up and down that wing. It's it's an exciting... Those are the players you love to watch, aren't they? No matter what team they're playing for, you give them the ball and they make things happen. Um, So again, US Men's National Team experience, it's a big signing. It's an important signing. Somebody who's going to bring a lot to the team on and off the field. I'm, again, interested. I think there will have been more than just into Miami interested in signing DeAndre Yedlin, um, somebody who's going to be very interested in coming to MLS as it's his home, home country, somebody who's been around and, uh, and looking to come back home. Yeah, well, I mean, MLS has
1: changed in his time away, but he still has got that MLS experience that we talk about. And um, and yeah, it'll be a, just a shot in the arm for him because they're another side into Miami. Who they've got some big players um, and it's just not quite happened for them. So having someone like him, someone with a bit of grit, someone who's going to uh, have that determination that maybe we, we've not seen as much from Higuain and players like that, it can be a good thing. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he does coming home with that one uh, to Inter-Miami. I mean, just a quick one. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about it in the main episodes when they come back. Um, how do you sort of look at Inter-Miami season three now, is it? The, the, they're in, they've they've got into the playoffs, but not really, not really stayed in the playoffs, only played one game. Is
0: it do or die this year for them? I think they're currently the kid that's making a lot of fuss, but not actually producing a lot you know there's always the kid in the classroom who's distracting everybody else look at me look at me they're not bringing a lot at the minute um they've they've had talent on their roster it's either not worked out or um obviously there was the designated player situation which we won't go into now i think it's it's time for them to to get cracking because ultimately it's okay saying well they've made the playoffs but in terms of real achievements may as well have been Cincinnati do you know what I mean like there's not been a a real you know gold run a great run of form they've sort of had to rescue their seasons in in recent years so it's time they need to they need to buck their ideas up they need to gel need to get a roster that plays well together and how long has Phil Neville got that job that's my question this year that's the question if he loses three four games in that first ten is he still the manager
1: well, this is this is the question. I mean, the I would love to be a flying on the wall uh, when David Beckham sacks his mate. That would be uh, that would be very interesting. But uh, it's right. I mean, if into Miami, if there's there's no room for sentiment. If they want to really be a force in MLS, you, you can't be sticking around with something that's not working. Uh, it was always going to be difficult when they hired his, Beckham hired his mate. Uh, but as what we've seen so far, I, I would give Phil Neville another season. I think he needs that. But like you said, if after ten games they're struggling, then do you make the move and hope it can push you into the playoffs, or do you stick around? That's the that's the question. Uh, finally, uh, Kevin Paredes as uh, reportedly, a deal has been reached from DC United to sign for Wolfsburg, around seven million dollars. Um, another player that's heading over to uh, Europe, the Athletica reporting that it's just the medical that awaits on this. I, we talked before about Ariola leaving DC. This is another part of that puzzle. I mean, either they've still got a, a big plan in place for the rest of the, before the season, or uh, I, I'd really worry about DC this year.
0: I agree, and the fans are worried as well. We've seen uh, DC United Kingdom uh, expressing concerns at, at the players that are being allowed to leave. Same with the Ariola thing, leaves a big hole. And for me, remember as well what we always say, where do DC always come up short? Not always on talent. On depth, there's always, always a short roster at DC, and it's it's where you come unstuck when you're having to play twice a week, once in LA, once in New York, opposite ends of the country. There really needs to be some depth in that roster, and they're not just letting depth pieces go; they're letting huge players from their starting eleven leave the club. So there has to be a plan, and for me, they need to be spending that money on more than one and two players. They need to be bringing in three, four, five for that money.
1: Yeah, well, I think last year um, we, you know, on the Lasada ball, we kind of looked and thought, well, is this the DC side that have been waiting since Rooney left, really? You know, like they had one or two seasons or 18 months since Rooney left. It, it just wasn't quite working for them. Lasada's come in, playing some good stuff. It didn't quite work out, uh, you know, with the playoffs, but there was that sort of DC fans were starting to get excited. They were going to look forward and, and really anticipate this season. Now with two players down... It could be a real worry for them, like you said, and uh, the fans are worried. But you would think that surely there's a plan in place. Surely at DC, they've got a trick up the sleeve. Maybe, maybe the Urzel signing that was meant to happen two years ago, maybe that will finally happen this time. Hopefully, in
0: episode three of Stoppage Time, we'll be talking about some DC signings. Well,
1: fingers crossed for DC fans. Uh, That's it from us. Uh, Remember, you can uh, watch the episode one as well as the last season of the MLS UK show on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash MLS UK show. Subscribe while you're there. Like everything. Leave loads of comments because it helps us out. And if you're listening on your uh, podcast provider, make sure you subscribe as well. We're on Apple, Spotify, Facebook, Oh, we started a list started a list whoever else it's google there's another one um so make sure you subscribe and uh and you can listen and every episode is available first on your podcast provider and then it goes on youtube uh later that day or the day afterwards uh earlier series two, sorry episode two of stoppage time all done are you uh are you enjoying these
0: yeah i i, I am actually um it's nice to, to get straight to it. Um, people don't want us messing around playing stupid games, uh, so it's nice to um, it's nice to chat about the biggest MLS stories. And uh, we'll do it all again next week. We do. You
1: missed the games. The games will be back for the next series of the MLS UK Up. Um, right, that's it from us. I've been Henry Hewitt.
0: I've been Elliot Holman, and I still will be next week. I'll see you then. See ya.